Hey everyone, before we get to the episode, I'd like to share a little word with you from our sponsors, Odds Crowd. Are you the best football better in the United States? At Odds Crowds, our friends are challenging you to prove it this fantasy season with their epic free-to-play fantasy betting contests. One of my favorite things to do is be betting and not actually have to lose any actual cash. There's over $30,000 in cash prizes up for grabs, both season-long and weekly contests on NFL and college football. Here's how it works. Once you enter a contest, you place risk-free fantasy bets against real odds and lines, much like you would with any pick tracking app. The most profitable players are rising up the leaderboard. If you have the highest profit at the end of the contest, you win. And Odds Crowd isn't just fantasy betting contests. It's a social app for sports bettors. Free to download, you can live group chat with other bettors, track your bets, and set up private fantasy contests with your buddies and much more. So download the app for free or go to oddscrowd.com. another fantastic episode of rookie on the rise ladies gentlemen aliens dogs pigs chipmunks and what the hell weasels how are we doing today my friends i'm beyond ecstatic to be in your ears talking all of the things rookie on the rise i'm beyond excited to bring on our guest today first time guest of the show guarantee we'll be back later this can be promised you can find dario on dario at, on twitter at dario offstein d-a-r-i-o O-F-F-S-T-E-I-N. He writes for Player Profiler. He's only gotten an article such thus far, but he is a nerd, which is the best of a person to be. And Dario, it says you worked for USC football for a four-year stretch of the last 25 years. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So I was, um, well, first of all, thanks for the introduction. That was very flattering to hear. Um, and I worked as a video operations intern, so we like do the coaches film for practices and games. And yeah, USC football, I got a four-year stretch starting right after our last conference championship up until right when Clay Helton finally went out the door. So I got four years um, where I was, none of the assistants who were on staff when I started were still on staff when I graduated. So that shows you how those four years of USC football were. And then as soon as I, like the week that I filmed my last practice, you know, working for the team, we find out we're going to get Lincoln Riley. And I was like, man, I just like, could I have had a worse four year window of USC football? And I don't, I think the answer is no. No. Grad school, grad school, grad school. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That's wild. Yeah. Uh, Clay Helton is God awful. Just, I feel so bad for all the USC folk that had a, Actually, no, I'm lying. I don't feel bad at all. You guys have a cushy down there, and you can enjoy <laughs> those of us that have teams like UW that have to suffer year after year. Just abysmal coaching and talent. It's the worst. So, Dario, I like to start off my episodes with a little question of the show, an opportunity to dig behind the persona, the analyst, gives a gentle reminder and a fun way to kind of break the ice a little bit. So what do you feel like your quirkiest trait is as a human? Yeah, I think 
it's funny because I I've I spent some time thinking about this question. I was like, oh man, I'm not totally sure, but I think what I've settled on is I have like I think unusually sensitive hearing. For example, like when I'm listening to like anything on my phone with headphones, it's probably in the like bottom two notches of volume unless I'm like wow. in a public place. Like if I'm just in my room and I'm choosing the volume of any given thing, it's going to be pretty low. Like I'll notice when someone's fridge is too loud, I'll be like, man, this is like really bothering me. Or just like even an, even an electrical outlet, like if someone I plug something into an outlet and then I hear that buzz start happening, I'm like, oh, that sucks. So um, that's like, I was thinking about something quirky about myself and I'm guessing that's not most people. You gotta love it. <laughs> so I brought Diary along because I wanted to talk about, well, actually first, first and foremost, there was, I mean, I wish I saw who it was on Twitter. It was a little bit ago now, but he said, if you, he gave the challenge out to podcasts and content creators to see if you can go a full episode without saying the phrase upside. And I thought, what better episode to do that on than this episode where we are going to talk literally about sleepers. So Dario, it is our mission this uh, this yeah. episode to not say the phrase upside while we're talking about guys that we're basically relying on their upside. This is going to be exceptionally exciting. I'm very excited. I gave you basically the show sheet. I said, give me the people you want to talk about. We will talk about it and we are going to basically just chop it up and see where we go. So the first guy you brought up is Abram Smith, the running back from the Saints. He's actually had quite a bit of camp news lately. There's been a little rumbling already in June talking about the fact that he is a looks not a lock, but looks like he's looking into the 53 man roster. So what about Abram Smith kind of brought, what about, what about his profile brought to your attention? Yeah. So I think, um, since we can't say the U word, we can use the O word today, which is opportunity. And I think that that's going to be key for Abram Smith this year. And like that report came out recently that Alvin Kamara is like his camp is basically expecting a six week suspension, which is right off the bat, which is, you know, pretty hefty. And the only other running back of note of like any note in that backfield right now is Mark Ingram, who is 33 years old and, uh, averaged three and a half yards per carry last year. So if that scares you, then I think you are mistaken. Additionally, like, yeah, like you said, the reports are that he's going to make the roster. And the thing is he got like the second most guaranteed money among all the undrafted free agents this year, which is usually a good sign for making the roster. Like teams wouldn't be giving guys guaranteed money if they didn't think they, if they thought they'd be cutting them in August. So I think I'd be surprised if he misses the cut in August. And I think that he's going to be given a chance right off the bat to like have some fantasy relevance in the first couple of weeks. I think, you know, when you're looking at Dar- was it Dar- when you're looking at Abram Smith's profile, you know, he was a linebacker convert. So he didn't really get a lot of opportunities similar to uh, Zaquandre Wright and also Tyler Algier and his age, his junior season at, at Baylor, over 1500 rushing yards, uh, 12 receptions for 74 yards, which, you know, we don't really expect anything from there at the Saints because they have a little dickhead named Alvin Kamara to do that. <laughs> i I, I got to be honest, though. I don't think – it doesn't make sense to me. I was talking about this on a spaces thing, whatever they're called now on Twitter, but I, mm-hmm. Alvin, Alvin Kamara is, like, looking at a felony at Las Vegas 
due to like the assault of the nature of the assault allegedly so to see the nfl just randomly give a six game suspension without letting the court do their due process and see how it plays out seems very untraditional for what the nfl usually does i i think i truly think that what we're going to see with alvin kamara is he either plays all of 2023 because the court date it looks like it's going to be uh towards may next year or if there's a alleged there's a video out there so he's either going to get ray riced and not be in the league any longer or he's going to play all of 2023 and then we'll just see what happens in court when he's being tried for a felony. So either way, it is there's mm-hmm. a lot of opportunity <laughs> yeah. ahead of Abram Smith um, for this year, given how these things work. So I know we right. talk about and just to like here's a like you know a couple more things to about his you know his college profile to maybe hype him up a little bit. His he had a new offensive coordinator going into 2021 at Baylor. And that offensive coordinator, he actually went from running back to linebacker. And this offensive coordinator saw him and he was like, dude, come back to running back, please. Um, Baylor won the Big 12. He ran for 1,600 yards and he had a 90.2 PFF grade. So he wasn't just like good. He was like pretty kick ass in his final season there at Baylor. And I think many people were surprised to see him go undrafted and when you see big money going to an undrafted guy, I think that shows you that that team was also a little bit surprised to see him go undrafted. And keep in mind, the Saints had like barely any picks this year. So I think if they would have had any more late rounders, they might have very well spent one on him. They, they spent them all on Captain America, Adam Troutman, who may, may very well not end up actually being Captain America at all and just be a little knockoff. Mm-hmm. So if you if you had to sell a, a elevator pitch for Abram Smith, what would you how would you do it like what's your 30 second pitch for him yeah i mean i think you have to start with the potential opportunity because opportunity is everything for running backs as we know like that's why i kind of leaned more into some lower like some running backs who are starting to get some steam here but still running backs that might not be totally mainstream um that people should know about in 2022 like they have potential to um you know get some opportunity and see the field and that's all that that's all that you can ask for for um sleepers you know it's like we want guys who are gonna churn the roster deep and maybe they turn into something for a week or two you sell them high for a third round pick the next year or you know that's because i think at the end of the day these are guys that their teams aren't are knowing they're not investing that much capital in so i think you're kind of just hoping that that opportunity falls into place and like we said, 33-year-old Mark Ingram potentially suspended Alvin Kamara. Like, the the world is his oyster. Right, exactly. I I couldn't agree more. And I think the world is oyster is a great way to kind of transition out of that. Now, I, I do want to bring up uh, the next guy up, which, you know, so the Titans have the cap space tied up in three main guys, right? It's Ryan Tannehill, Derek Henry, and Harold Landry. Basically, they're doing what Seattle's doing just a little more eloquently as in like, they're trying to find a way to still be competitive without selling their franchise quarterback. They drafted mm-hmm. Hassan Haskins. They got rid of Dontrell Hilliard. Darrington Evans is no longer there. They let, they brought in Julius Chestnut, uh, undrafted free agent for the Titans. Everyone was thinking Hassan Haskins is going to be the guy kind of back up there. Henry. He's basically just a primo plotter, like a, the Jag of all Jags. So you want to talk about Julius Chestnut. What about Julius Chestnut kind of gives you the a, 
a glimmer in your eye. Yeah. So, I mean, first, I just want to maybe correct the record. Um, Dontrell Hilliard is still in the backfield there. Oh, it's Deontay oh, Foreman that oh, left right, right. for Carolina. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, Dontrell Hilliard, I think, I think he's also, you know, someone who could potentially see a couple of valuable weeks. Basic, but yeah, let's start with Julius Chestnut. I mean, he's a also an undrafted free agent. He had the youngest breakout age in the entire 2022 running back class. If you go to the Breakout Finder, which um, if you don't know about it, it's an app that Roto Underworld has been putting out for the last couple of seasons. Very useful Strongly in terms recommend. of just identifying, you know, new players that you might not have heard of that crushed it in some metrics or another. And Julius Chestnut is that guy when it comes to breakout age. He averaged i think i think he had 700 yards as a freshman and then he had like over 100 yards per game as a sophomore and then if you look at his junior season you're like what why do you only play like five games and get 800 yards that's really good but so short and it was because his conference played a spring season after COVID. they played like a shortened spring season he was the mvp of the entire like new england conference and he did miss games due to a knee sprain his senior year. But, I mean, if you want a guy who was just absolutely dominant from the day he set foot on a college campus, Julius Chestnut is that guy. Which, I mean, when it comes to this specific topic, that's what we're looking for, right? We're looking for guys that are special, that have the have something to give us that gives us a glimmer of hope, you know? So, I... There's really, I mean, he's just, he is a, unfortunately, circumstance of COVID because I think given what he was able, what he was, could have been able to do had he not, or had he not played that spring game, I think he probably would have gone probably round seven, round six. Not that that's really impressive, but, you know, there's a little bit more there. So Mm -hmm. what about Chestnut kind of gives you, gives you a a peak of excitement compared to Hassan Haskins because Hassan Haskins also, you know, could theoretically be considered a sleeper just given the ADPs and things like that. Right. Well, I mean, I think the, you know, the report out of camp that he was just catching passes, like, I mean, for a guy who's 5'11", 228, I mean, what, what more could you want? Like, I think if he's someone that could potentially step in and be a three down back for a week, two weeks, like half, like, you know, just a tiny stretch of a season while, you know, let's say Derrick Henry gets hurt. He's, you know, he's 28. He had a serious injury last year. It's very well within the realm of possibility. And then the Titans, I mean, last year, Dontrell Hilliard and Deontay Foreman both had games that you really wished you started them in fantasy. So who's to say that maybe this year that's not Hassan Haskins and Julius Chestnut trading weeks or Dontrell Hilliard and Haskins or, you know, it's just like there's so much possibility um, behind behind Derrick Henry right now. Yeah, and I think the fact that he – I think the fact that he's got that size too. When you're Mm -hmm. looking for these sleeper guys, you don't – you want to do your best to kind of – to stray away, right? mm Mm-hmm. And also, let's think about who's the head coach of the Titans and what is he going to love about a running back? And it's going to be that size. And Mike, Ra- I think Mike Rabel probably already loves this guy. I mean, they they went out and, you know, dug through this scrap heap to get him after the draft. 
And, you know, we haven't heard any positive camp buzz about Hassan Haskins yet. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I, I Julius Chestnut is already popping. And, like, I don't, I think it's the kind of guy where on the team's official depth chart going into week one, he'll be third or fourth. But if anything happens to Henry or they start seeing Chestnut, like, actually is looking better than the other guys in practice, who knows? Maybe he starts rotating in ahead of Haskins and Hilliard. So, I think he's definitely the kind of guy that you want to stash, pick up cheap, and just kind of know that you're betting on someone who has shown that they're like just you know good at the game. Absolutely, say. and and he didn't get an invite to the combine, unfortunately. But at his pro day, he ran a four four seven and four four nine. So adjust that as you will. So it's still low four fives. He had twenty two pounds at, at the press. He had a thirty four and a half vertical jump, which is fine, but given his his size is better. A 9.5 mm-hmm. radical broad jump, which sucks. But he had a pretty good three cone at 7.06. Better than most of broad receivers this class, to be completely frank with you. Uh, <laughs> most of them, they just didn't <laughs> test. Yeah. But, I mean, he's he has the requisite speed score to still, like, if he is given the opportunity, I think there mm-hmm. is at least a chance to turn this free agent waiver wire edition into a 2023 third next year or package him into level up a player and just kind of slowly build your team that way so i think chestnut's a really really solid stash here yeah absolutely i think and there's a lot of um you know people within the sort of roto underworld sphere that love him i know like noah hills who writes a lot of articles for us at the breakout finder site has been pounding the drum for him and i think that you know i'm not a tape grinder but i trust the people who are able to identify talent and i think that he's someone that i've heard a lot of people saying good things about yes i'm just gonna finish that just yes now i'm excited to talk about this next guy here uh i've been on this wagon like with one foot off most of my body on and then he got the draft capital i said let's fucking go yeah uh so why does Rondale Robinson give you a full-blown? <laughs> yeah, well, I think, you know, this show's about sleepers, and you might say, well, he's a second-round pick. Why are you calling him a sleeper? But my thought process was he's someone that has been, I think, dismissed by so many so quickly. I mean, of all the second-round pick receivers, I think only Tyquan Thornton has gotten more flack. But – I think that if you look a little bit under the surface with Wandale, there's actually heaps of potential. And he's about to step into a very uncertain wide receiver room with a whole new like offensive system that Brian Dable is bringing over to the Giants from, oh, you know, the best offense in the NFL. Um, so there's just like, I think a lot of things that could go right for Wandale possibly right out of the gate but i think you know even in the next the first two three years like i mean yeah he's a second round pick the team's not he's not going anywhere you know it's not like these undrafted running backs we're talking about where they need to do something in the next six months to like latch onto the nfl careers like wandale is gonna be here to stay for at least two three seasons and he'll have the chance to prove himself that not to mention also the fact that he is one of the most productive he is actually the most productive profile for all wide receivers 5'8 and below and you mm-hmm. know a, a lot of fantasy gamers are 
right? I mean, I, I don't blame them because it happens to all of us, but you have a recency bias where you have Tutu Atwell, you have Rondale Moore, you have these guys that just get burned new time after time after time, and they're small like Wandale, and they're kind and they're just they're small. And then what do they do is they just give you literally nothing. And you know, I think I think that Rondale Moore seems to be unfortunately a, a guy that isn't going to fire like we wanted him to. But if mm-hmm. Rondale Moore had to die in order for us to get Wandale Robinson to get us him as a value and to like see what his peak is, like that is a trade I'm very happy to give. Uh, what do you, and, and, you know, we've already seen a little talk out of the, out of the, the camp for the, from the giants, you know, they're saying that, uh, Daryl Slater's or Slater's reporting, he could have a significant role, even as a gadget player, assuming that he doesn't start. But I think the biggest, I almost said the U word, the biggest <laughs> opportunity is that, you know, uh, Kadarius Tony is doing Kadarius Tony things. Yes. Right. Like, I don't know how to undoubtedly. And then Kenny Galladay's, you know, kind of just an enigma of, is he even healthy? Is he with the team? Like there's been no talk of him. Sterling Shepard's nursing Achilles, which is basically going to torch the rest of his career. And then Darius Mm -hmm. Slayton is a bubble wide receiver. Like on the bubble, he'd be making the 53 man roster. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) there is a tremendous, Like, I think the new coaching staff, the new front office, they have, you know, and this happens every time there's a big transition within the team. They don't have any loyalty to the guys the previous front office brought in. Like, these these receivers are all starting on the same footing of having to prove themselves to the new coaches and to the new GM. And who was the one player that this GM actually picked out of a bunch and spent a second round pick on? It was Wandale. And... You know, just to throw some more stats at you, he had a 99th percentile target share. He had an almost 40% target share on his team. That isn't that that's crazy, right? Two in the out SEC. Of five throws in the SEC were going to this guy from his and there was rack. there was no one else that the, the defenses would key into. They knew it was going mm-hmm. to Wandale Robinson. They just didn't have an answer. It's it's incredible, right? And I think that you know people talk about this the size comps and being scared of drafting the next Rondale. I think some of that is just because their names rhyme. Rondale, Wandale, it's a little bit, maybe you have a human brain shortcut there. But Elijah Moore is almost just as good of a comp for him and, and better in some senses. Like in terms of their production, he's more like Elijah Moore than Rondale Moore. So Elijah Moore is only one inch taller and he weighs exactly the same as Wandale Robinson. And like ask any analyst how they feel about Elijah Moore right now. And we are all stoked to see him in year two. So who's to say we can't see the same thing from Wandale? My my bid is is that guys have a lot of knowledge about how important one inch is or isn't. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, you're right. Like I, I it, it drives me nuts because every time people say, well, there's, you know, these guys have been really unsuccessful. And well, like we're seeing Hollywood Brown finally breaking out. We're seeing Elijah Moore doing what he did. Granted, it wasn't for a full season, mm-hmm. but he still had a really, really impressive stretch at the end of the year, which is what you want from a fucking rookie wide receiver. Like, I don't... Mm-hmm. It gets me so riled up about Wandale Robinson. So if you had an elevator pitch for Wandale, what would you be... How would you sell him? I think I would say, like, you know, forget the height. He's hyper-productive. He's, a, he's shown he's a savvy route runner, and he got a second round draft capital to a team that doesn't have an established wide receiver one. Like he could very easily be competing for slot snaps by, I think by, by even mid season, like 
you know, there's there's only one group of players who have historically, like, officially produced better in the second half of the season than the first half, and that is rookie wide receivers. So I think Wandell is, like, perfectly set up to be that guy this year. Like, you could even you could even probably buy low on him after week two when he's, like, maybe doing, like, only 15 20% of snaps early on in the season before he really starts to, like, settle in as an NFL player. And I think that he's someone that you're going to want to, like, just avoid that that bias on and just bank on the talent, bank on the production. And, yeah, I, I mean, Brian Dable, like, I, it's just, like, a lot of things lining up well for Wandale right now. And, and you know what? I'll tell you what. If Brian Dable somehow has managed to turn this Giants team offense around while also saving Daniel Jones, then I will get him tattooed on my body because that <laughs> man is a legend. All right, so you got we got one more guy here. Uh, I'm excited because I'm on the flip side of the coin. I think there's a tremendous amount of opportunity in this backfield for Jacksonville. Uh, I, I just want to get a real quick diatribe here. James Robinson is not it, my friends. Um, let me tell you really quickly because I wrote an article for Breakout Finder after Cam Akers tore his Achilles, and I found a, a medical study outlining um, prof- or athletes specifically in like, pa- that require power and speed and, and burst. And you saw a 22% drop in power from their within the first three years recovering from the Achilles. Now, there is better, more signal when they come back their first year from injury and like are able to play. But like James Robinson is not Cam Akers in any correlation at all, except that James Robinson had a lot better opportunities able to be productive. But like if you look at their athletic profiles, like James Robinson is a bench warmer to Cam Robinson or Cam Akers being starter. So James Robinson coming back, being slow, having even less burst in power. I, I'm gonna be honest. I think that people that are drafting him at all are very, very mistaken. And I, and you have a guy you want to talk about in the Jacksonville's backfield. So who do you think is set up to to be set up the best in this backfield? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think to answer that question directly, set up the best, like we all love Travis Etienne, but the guy that you want to be picking up on your dynasty rosters, drafting in the fourth, fifth round of those rookie drafts, and, you know, even throw a last round pick at him in your redraft leagues, because he could very easily see this the field this year, and that guy is Snoop Connor, rookie out of Ole Miss, and he's... He's, he's a big guy. He's 5'10", 222 pounds. They spent a fifth-round pick on him, and he's got 66th percentile speed score because he ran 4'5'9 at 222 pounds. So this is not, you know, some some chump. Like, this is a guy who the team invested some draft capital in. And let's be honest, Travis Etienne, like, never really profiled as a bell cow, right? Like, he's not a guy that you want to be giving 20 carries between the tackles to, especially – when you have another guy who weighs 222 pounds that can take some of those carries possibly like i mean i think if you gave me like 10 to 1 odds like or even 5 to 1 odds that Snoop Connor would get at least one goal line carry within the first 3 weeks of the season i would take it i think he, like there's definitely a greater than 10 20% chance that i think he'll see the field pretty soon and that he'll get some some bruiser touches uh, 
third and one, a first, a third and two at the goal line. Like, I just think that he's someone who, you know, again, we've got ourselves a new coaching staff here with the Jaguars, a new front office. No, actually, they still kept. No, they you. still That's kept both. Unfortunately, yeah. um, god awful. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, bad teams stay bad for a reason. But truly, you know, again, the coaches ultimately decide who's on the field, and you know, the, the team liked him enough to draft him. You know, compared to Abram Smith and Julius Chestnut, who we've just been talking about and hyping up. Like this is a guy who has even more going for him in that sense. And yeah, in terms of the opportunity, like. You know, we saw Cam Akers come back from that Achilles and he looked like a shell of himself. It was like, did he, I don't know if he even got to three yards per carry. And I mean, to add to no. some context there, like I was actually at um, that week 18 Rams 49ers game where the 49ers came back, saved their season and Cam Akers was playing in that game. And yeah, just the, the Rams could not get anything going on the ground and I mean, that's how Cam Akers looked the entire postseason. The two fumbles in that Tampa Bay game. Oh, my gosh. That was um, So even, like, by all, like, by every, like, measure, that was a medical miracle that he was able to be back on the field. Mm-hmm. And so call that James Robinson's best-case scenario. And, I mean, how could you be excited to, to play him this year? Yeah. I think, I mean – it's hard to completely count out James Robinson, I would say, because he's just consistently proven everyone wrong by even getting to the point he has in his career. But I think just he has such a long uphill battle staring him in the face, at least for this season, that I, you know, I would much rather draft Snoop Connor in the 20th round than draft James Robinson where he's going in like the 15th, you know? So, yeah, I, I, I agree. And I think, you know, um, the only – there's obvious tremendous amount of opportunity for the second running back in Jacksonville. I just – Snoop Connor to me is basically Ryquel Armstead, who's already with the team for the for the Jaguars. He had – he missed all of last season because he had long COVID and complications. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's a better athlete. He had a better production score. But I, I think the fact that they drafted Snoop Connor basically in the exact same position, fifth round, 5'11", compared to 502 shows me that they think at the very least that Snoop Connor is going to be able to contribute. There's already been some talk about him being on the special teams core or like the squad, which is Mm -hmm. how you make the 53 man roster as we saw with Elijah Mitchell. So I think there's a path for him to be on the 53 man roster. And when we're talking sleepers, you just want them on the 53 man. Once they're there, they're going to get opportunities just because by the nature and volatility of this position, there is a tremendous amount of crashing and, broken and torn and strained ligaments and bones and all sorts of shit. So I, I think that, you know, uh, Snoop Connor is a really, really solid guy for you to be grabbing. And he's essentially fucking free. So you could do a lot worse. Mm-hmm. No, totally agree with you. I think, you know, and that's, that's kind of, I guess now that we've mentioned all the players, like, I think that was, my philosophy approaching this is like with these running backs, like anyone can become relevant. We saw it happen with Elijah Mitchell last year, James Robinson the year before. And with the receivers, it's a little trickier. If you're a day three draft pick or an undrafted receiver, it's going to be much harder for you to see opportunity. So I think, you know, rather than spending your fourth or fifth round rookie picks on receivers that you think are dart throws, 
spend those on running backs who have a much higher chance of ever seeing the field, ever having a fantasy relevant week. And then instead spend your third round pick on Wandale Robinson because people are completely underrating him. And like, you're going to be able to like make a profit on him, so to speak in your dynasty league very quickly, I think. And I think he's someone I'm very excited about in that new offensive system with the Giants. I'm glad you brought up kind of the philosophy and theory. You know, when you're looking at running backs, you're just looking at opportunity and size. Do they have the size to be the bell cow? Do they have at least a a single requisite metric or something? Fantastic. Like, look at Keonta Ingram, right? He is a fantastic sleeper until the Cardinals brought in Darrell Williams. Now, Mm -hmm. if there's some way that Keonta Ingram makes it on the 53-man roster... He's 1,000% worth a, worth a roster spot. He's 1,000% worth a, uh, a a a low or high upside flyer add in your last round of your your, your mm-hmm. Debbie leagues just because James Conner and, mm-hmm. you know, Benjamin and Jonathan Ward, you know, I, I'm going to be willing to bet that there's going to be times in which there's going to be snaps that are available for the masses. So, Dario, thank you so much for being here, my friend. I really appreciate. Uh, where can the good people find you? What are some last last words they can you want to par- impart on these folk? Yeah, so I mean, I can be found on Twitter at Dario Offseen. Um, you know, Britt spelled that out for you guys at the intro, so I'm not going to push you through that again. Um, but I think you know, just I'll be behind the scenes for. Um, for player profiler, we you know crunching all the numbers and stuff. We're we're coming up with some exciting new stuff that I think will be on the horizon soon. And you know, download the Breakout Finder app if you haven't already. Like, there's going to be so many like diamonds in the rough that you'll find just you know by by using our app. And like for example, I think I meant to come back to this with Wandale. Like our breakout rating for him has him ahead of Jahan Dotson and ahead of Jalen Tolbert, as well as his fellow second rounders like Alec Pierce and Tyquan Thornton. So if you want the insights that come with all of our data crunching that happens behind the scenes, download the Breakout Finder app, use, you know, use, I mean, I have, um, I'm personally responsible for keeping the best ball and seasonal rankings up to date for player profiler now. So if you, you know, are looking for who to draft or, just want to see who we're higher on than than the market you know come use our rankings and yeah that, that's i think that sums it up for me that's fantastic thank you so much for being here my man i really really appreciate it everybody thank you for your time i know it's valuable it means a lot you spend it with me truly it's a very exciting thing for me uh as always life is fickle it's unpredictable it's weird and sometimes it's really shitty so please let your loved ones know that you care about them. Let them know that you're thinking of them. Just a simple text, a call, a chat. It makes their day. And worst case scenario, at least you can know that you they knew that they're loved. It's incredibly important, especially as we're going through these ridiculous fucking times. You can find me on Twitter at the FF Sandman. I'm going to basically get a link tree because I got so many fucking... Uh, what are those what are them shits in that poke the fire fire poker whatever is in the in the fire that i i don't even know what to list anymore mm-hmm. you can find my writing on breakout finder you can find it on yards per you can find it on da- uh, fantasy pros you can find my wonderful voice and sometimes beautiful face on the dynasty deep dive youtube channel or the debbie deep dive uh 
podcast channel. You can find it also Rookie on the Rise. Me and Yards Per with Drew Roberts are going to be coming out with a very exciting new project in season. There's so much going on. Oh my God. And I've got grad school. So we don't, I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but school over fun, unfortunately, for the remainder of the next two years. But again, you guys are awesome. I really appreciate y'all sticking with me. Thank you so much. Please like, rate, review. If you hate it, just message me and tell me you hate it. Don't put it on there and don't disincentivize. This is a saturated market. I don't need you being a dick to make it unfortunate. I'm rambling. Let's close this fucker out. Thank you guys for being here. Y'all the best. That's Peace.